0: Welcome to the Natural Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Backus. Today is January 14th, 2024. And today I want to talk a little bit about this year that we're beginning and give you some very practical things uh, to to try in terms of working with the energy of 2024. Uh, Let me first start by just saying that we had a new moon on the 11th, and so if you've been having a hard time sort of getting started this year and things have have felt like they're moving slowly, that's because of a couple of things. One is that uh, right at the beginning of the year, uh, we had both Mercury and Jupiter start moving direct. So two of the last retrograde planets start moving forward again, but it takes a while for them to get up to speed. And Mercury especially affects uh, commerce and how we think and uh, how we speak and just our minds and our perception in general. And so it takes a little time after a Mercury retrograde to kind of get back to quote unquote normal, whatever that might be for you. And then Jupiter is the planet that makes things bigger and expansive and it has to do with trust and faith and even truth. And so again, because it's been moving fairly slowly, Um, opportunities might not have been showing up yet, it would be one way to say it. And then we had the new moon in Capricorn on the 11th. And this new moon is, it's the first of the year. And it's kind of, it marks the time to really get started with things. And again, so if things have felt kind of slow for the first couple of weeks, now is a better time to start initiating with one big exception, and that is that we're we're finishing out, essentially we're well we're finishing out a twenty well fifteen year cycle, of Pluto, the the planet of power, um, death, rebirth, regeneration, the the planet that brings the shadows up and out, uh, not exactly into the light, but into visibility, so that we can. Uh, deal with them. Pluto is just finishing its tour in Capricorn and moving into Aquarius. And if you're following astrology, you know that this happened last year in March for a very brief period of time. And then now Pluto moves into Aquarius for a longer period of time. It backs out briefly in this this fall and then goes into Aquarius for good at the end of the year. And so what does all that mean? When a slow-moving, very powerful, impactful planet like Pluto changes signs, because it's so rare, it has more impact on the energy of the time. And so we're feeling it. And we started to see some of the shifting last year, last March. And you can think back to last March, April, May, that was about the time period and notice what came up for you in the areas of technology, science, um, ideals, uh, your relationship with society, uh, your relationship with technology, the relationship between humans and science, humans and technology, humans and the rest of the world. Uh, For some people, this might mean um, some fairly shocking and different and new ways of thinking about the world there might have been some revelations about cultural biases cultural programming social programming all that to say that's what we're going to be getting more of for actually for 20 years as pluto moves into aquarius so i'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment um, but what I want to do is back up too and say that this whole year is it's kind of the beginning of what's new. It's the beginning and a uh, and a peek into the future. We really are entering the future in 2024. We're not there yet. And when I say the future, I mean sort of what's coming in terms of the big trends in our world and our cultures, our societies, we're getting a real taste of those this year and we're starting to see some shocking new developments in 2024. Um, And this Pluto shifting into Aquarius is a big piece of it. And it has sort of an overarching big energy that sets the tone for uh, many issues and areas of life. Uh, so that's something to just be thinking about with 2024. We've been in a period of breakdown since 2020. And I think most of us uh, have felt that both personally and collectively. In the U.S., we've been going through what's known as the Pluto return, when the planet Pluto comes back to where it was at our birth. At about, It's about a 250-year cycle, not quite. And so we're in kind of an, a death and rebirth of this whole country, what we stand for, who we are, our identity, um, our power, uh, what makes us powerful, all of that is shifting pretty dramatically in the U.S. And for those of us that live here, again, we're witnessing it, we're seeing it. So so other uh, some other themes of this big year, of this new year, is again, this sort of big change and this new things becoming that are new that we can't in some ways we can't even imagine Uh, and i go to into great detail great detail about all the the various um, astrological alignments of 2024 in my shock of the new workshop and i'll put a link to that in the show notes but today I just wanna give sort of a, an overview and a couple of specific areas of our lives where I think that if we focus on these things, then we're prepared for the changes that are coming. So uh, Pluto and Aquarius, a lot of new, um, just a lot of new energy around our relationship with technology, our relationship with society, And also our relationship with power. So one of the major themes, not just of this year, but last year, and that's kind of a part of this whole moving into the age of Aquarius, is how we relate to power. And my view and my research says that we are at a sort of a choice point in life, in the history of the world where we can start to choose to use power and understand power as creative energy, the energy of creating, the ability to co-create with other people, the cosmos, with life itself. Whereas for the last couple of millennia, we've been taught and power has become the ability to destroy and to dominate And so right now, each one of us has an individual choice to make about how we use our personal power and our, and also we have the choice to, I don't want to say take back our power because that implies that somebody has taken it away from us. What I want to say is claim our power. We have personal power and that power as a human being is the is the creative life force that flows through us and how we put it to use how we direct it where we point it and what we do with it and the main point around this is that anytime that we're trying to impose our power our desire desires our choices on other people we're falling back into the dominator culture we're falling back into power as domination. And if you go look at the definition of power, you will often find that power uh, is defined as influence, the ability to make other people do something, the ability to make something happen, the ability to uh, change something outside of ourselves. And I'm going to submit to you that power, our real power, the definition of power is, as I said earlier, our ability to create. It's our creative life force and what we do with it. And if you think about creating, if you're creating something new, if you're uh, creating more beauty in the world, and that's your intention, that's your focus, you may very well, well, you will have to do that with other people or materials or other resources, but you don't have to impose it on resources and people. What I think the best way to think about power as we come into this year of change with big opportunities in front of us, with power structures breaking down, with many of us understanding that it's time for us to stand in our own authority and reclaim our power. As we become more powerful as individuals, As we understand that we are powerful beings, we need to also understand that power is a conversation, not a command. And so when we use power as a conversation, and when we use power as the ability to create something beautiful, to create something that supports the world, and create something that feels true for us, feels an in integrity with us. It's a conversation with life. It's a conversation with other people. It's a conversation with whatever you're um, using to create whatever materials and tools you're using, but it is a conversation, not a command. And an example of this, um, an example of this is that if you well, okay. So here's a good example. I'm a I'm a writer. I like to write, and I'm in the process of writing a book. So when I first sit down to write, it never comes out exactly like I wanted to. Right? It, it's it's not that it's not well written, or maybe I but maybe I don't quite capture the idea, or maybe it's incomplete. So that's the first opening salvo in the creative conversation is I write a draft. And then when I go back and look at the draft, I realize that there's still more, like it's a whole conversation that's just beginning rather than, a, than something that's just happening all at once. And, and that is the creative process. And that, it doesn't matter if you're writing a book or m- making a painting or creating an online course, or uh, whatever, or cooking a meal. Uh, You know, if you're cooking a meal in the kitchen, the ingredients are something that you're having a conversation with. And in fact, this is a little bit of a a digression, but when you're cooking a meal, you're actually having a conversation with the earth itself, assuming that you're cooking it with real food, right? Real food that came from the earth and not something that came from a lab, in which case you'd be having a conversation with the lab. so power as comfort conversation not as command and again part of the reason this is so important as i said would come back to this pluto conversation pluto is the planet of power but it's not it doesn't mean it's the power as we've seen it in the culture Uh, which is, again, that distorted version of power as domination and control. We go to war so that we can win, right? So we go to war so that we can impose our will on somebody else. And that's the way that we've been trained to think of as power. And what are the implications of that? One of the implications is that people are afraid to be powerful. Another implication is that if you don't dominate other people, You don't see yourself as powerful. Uh, Another implication is that people simply don't, don't take on their power, or they give it to other people, or they think that others have more than they do. Each of us has a tremendous amount of power, far more than we know. But again, it's not the power to dominate or to tell somebody else what to do or to even to get what we want it's the power to create and start the conversation and hold up our side of that conversation whether it's with a person or with life etc and so Pluto tends to bring up these shadows around power and in the last 20 years or 15 years as Pluto's been a Capricorn we have, and we're in the last gasp of this one One more time this year. We're kind of in this, the throes, the final throes of Capricornian power being disrupted and dismantled and, uh, and displayed in all of its shadows. And that, in Capricorn, that power has to do with institutions, institutions, governments, um, people in authority, hierarchy hierarchy in terms of authority Uh, and so and tyranny uh dictatorship all of those are hallmarks of pluto showing us the shadows of capricorn power true capricorn power is more like the wisdom of the earth and the wisdom that the wisdom that comes from being in tune with the earth capricorns an earth sign it shows mastery of the material realm and so true mastery of the material realm true power in the capricorn sense would be really understanding how to work with the material world how to work with money how to work with um the physical the physical universe how to work with bodies how to um be powerful and create in that material end of the world. And also how to build structure around it, how to organize and structure. Now, as Pluto moves into Aquarius, what we're looking at is power with ideas, power with science and technology, um, power uh, with actual energy, You know, the energy that we use to heat our homes or cool our homes. And so what we're seeing being and, and the power of information and the power of the patterns of thinking of society. So whereas Capricorn is sort of the structures of society, the physical structures uh, and the institutions, when we get into Aquarius, we're talking about the ideas, the ideas of society, the thinking of society and even the thinking around our place in society and the thinking around our place in the cosmos. And so what's getting disrupted as Pluto moves into Aquarius, and which we've already had a taste of, for instance, is how we use information, how we share information, what we think of as truth, what we think of um, as as science even. And again, I've talked a lot about this. I talk about it in talked about it in several workshops. I've talked about it in other podcast episodes. But the point is that all of those things coming up for disruption are going to be very unsettling because it's our connection with the world around us and the society around us. And if you've been, well, in the last few years, it's become very obvious that there's not an agreement on what truth is. There's not an agreement on what science is. Not just what science says, because science is not monolithic, but what science even is and how it works. And with Pluto coming into Aquarius, we're going to see even more of that. And so the way of working with this disruption and confusion and the breaking down of the old ways of seeing and the old ways of thinking is coming more and more into our, not into our rationalization and our rational minds, because our rational minds are shaped so much by the programming around us. Uh, We need to come more and more into our own creative power, our intuition, our hearts. And that's where we find our true power is when we come back into our, our sense of ourselves and our own natural wisdom, our own knowing. And that's the way, that's one of the primary ways that we work with this Plutonian disruption and some of the other uh, big shifts that are coming this year in 2024. Um, And the other thing I want to say too, I'm just looking at my notes about that, that each of us has our own energetic signature and another sort of theme that's coming up through the aquarian age and specifically as pluto's moving into aquarius is more and more our understanding that we are energetic beings right quantum physics has been talking about this for a while but it still hasn't really made it into the mainstream those of us that talk about energy and talk about energy bodies and energy beings are still kind of on the fringes from many perspectives even though uh, i was a yoga teacher for many years and i've had, had thousands of hours of teaching in yoga and the yoga not the physical postures but the yoga cosmology the way of looking at the world talks about the energy body and in fact when you do breathing exercises pranayama and if you're doing it in a yoga context that is specifically working with the energy body. And, and so understanding that we are energy and understanding what the implications are for that, and not only that we are energy, but everything is energy, is one of the uh, the hallmarks and what's coming with the Aquarian age. And if you think about that, if we get away from this very material um, mechanistic view of the world and start to really get that we're energetic beings and that things work on an energy level and that the energy level is what comes into form, right? That we can affect the world through the energy level. You can affect your body through the energy level. When we really get that, everything changes. Everything changes. That is... that completely changes the face of medicine and science and and even how we communicate and how we take care of our health and wellness. Uh, It it changes how we interrelate with technology, uh, especially technology that draws so much on on, uh, energetic frequencies. But the other piece and where I was going with that is the other thing here is a real opportunity to start getting more and more and more in tune with your own energetic frequency. And if you've worked with me at all, we've probably done a meditation to kind of help you get there. But the the one of the one of the major practices for staying sane and healthy, healthy physically, mentally, emotionally in this time of great change is to get more and more and more familiar and connected with your own individual frequency. And the best way to do that, and I know for some people this is very hard, and I think some of this is a, um, a pathology of our culture, is to sit still, withdraw your attention from your external senses, the what you're hearing, what you're seeing, Uh, What you're smelling, what even what you're sensing with your body, withdraw your attention from the external senses, the gross senses, and start to come more and more into awareness at a very subtle level. What do I feel like? What am I? Who am I? This is a classic meditation technique in certain uh, branches of the yoga world. It's called jnana yoga, knowledge, direct knowledge. It comes from the same comes from a sanskrit word that's tied to the latin word gnosis which means direct knowledge to know so this is a know yourself meditation and this is one of the ways that you build your awareness of yourself you build the strength of your your own energetic frequency your own ec- energetic signature you become less likely to pick up stuff from other places which if you're a very sensitive person you know is easy to do and you become more able it's like building your own internal truth meter as well you become more able to know what's true and in this age of information explosion and information distortion and the programming and propaganda and censorship and um labeling as misinformation. It's more and more critical to build your own internal truth meter because especially if you're getting your information through the computer or through your phone, uh, it's much harder, at least I find it much, much harder uh, to intellectually sort out what's going on. And it's your body is your ultimate sensing tool. Your body is your ultimate truth tool. And again, getting to know these more subtle senses at the uh, almost, like I say, at the energy level and building that capacity is what will help you sort through all the stuff coming at us. Uh, now and into the foreseeable future and so that's one way and this is also a way of tapping into your personal power is getting to know yourself building your subtle sense of yourself building um, strengthening your personal frequency because you have one right you are a unique energetic being and that's what astrology shows us is that map of our energetic signature there are other ways of showing an energetic signature, but astrology is, is one of the growing in popularity and what I use, obviously, to look at you know, what's going on and how are you built. But you can do this. You don't need an astrologer to tell you what you are and who you are. There's also a way of knowing it from, as one of my teachers used to say, through an intuitive regard. Of yourself this very subtle level of knowing but it does require stillness and it requires your attention and like everything the more you practice this coming into resonance with yourself might be one way of putting it more you practice coming into resonance with yourself then the easier it is to access your own unique frequency your own self So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about another um, sort of theme of the year that's very closely related here, and that is desire. And I've talked about desire before on the podcast, and if you're uh, in the power group that I'm running right now, we've been talking a lot about desire. But this is another way to access your power and and to understand power. One of my favorite uh, teachers, Kasha Urbaniak, says she has a quote that I love to to um, replay over and over, is and that is that you have no say in what you want, and what I take out of that is that your desire, what you truly, truly want, comes from your soul. It comes. It's it's a an emanation of this unique frequency that is you. So your desire, what you want in any given, and not what you crave, not, um, but what I'm talking about is something that is very, very authentic. And again, as you get closer in touch with your own energetic frequency, then your desire becomes more authentic. Your desire is the beginning of your force of creation. Nothing comes into form in this world without somebody desiring it. Even your phone, right? This phone was somebody's idea and somebody's deeply held desire to create something. To create something that in their minds was cool and useful and would benefit humanity. This pen, same thing. Somebody dreamed this up. It came from desire. It came from a deep place originally and desire connected to dreams i just mentioned the word dream so dream not necessarily the dreams at night but what you the world that you're dreaming the 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 ideal that you hold but desire also comes from a much deeper place it if you think about where your creative life force comes from in a a lot of ways it's your sexual energy right comes from that root from that part of you that is able to literally create life. So your creative life force, your real desire is, is one of, and finding that real desire and owning that desire is one of the themes of this year. And of course the shadow of desire, which which is what we've mostly been taught in in our culture, again, for the last couple of millennia, the shadow of desire comes when we try to impose it on somebody else. So we're right back to your desire is the root of your power. And if you've heard that desire is the root of all suffering or desire is the root of all evil, it's not the desire itself that is the problem. And I again, I've said this before, but it bears repeating your desire itself does not create suffering what creates the suffering is the attachment to having the object of your desire desire is a form of love desire real desire is a form of love and it's it's part of that natural flow of energy but where it becomes problematic is when we when we attach the desire to something or someone outside of ourselves and then make ourselves sick with wanting to have it, trying to have it, and uh, again, sort of forcing it, trying to force that issue of having what we desire. The desire itself is, is where power comes from, and when we allow it to flow and honor it as a form of love, honor it as a form of the creative life force, then it becomes that source of power. And I, again, as Pluto is doing its move and this year where um, in April we have some big alignments, we have the biggest alignment of the year, uh, which is the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction, which is, it's a huge amplification of change, a huge amplification of something new. And we've had some very interesting um like scientific discoveries. Uranus is also uh, sort of associated with technology and scientific breakthroughs. We've had some very big breakthroughs with Jupiter-Uranus conjunctions in the past. The one that always comes to mind is Dolly the Sheep. The first cloned creature came at the time of a Jupiter-Uranus conjunction. I can't remember what the date was, but uh, some of you will know. And that, again, was a Jupiter-Uranus conjunction something that happened during that energetic signature. So uh, so again, coming back to how are you going to work through and stay grounded and centered with some of these big changes coming along, some of which could be pretty threatening to some of us or all of us, some of which could be pretty scary, some of which could be very exciting. And of course, a lot of that depends on what you think of what's going on in general. But coming back to this sense of what do I want, owning what I want, but without getting attached to having the object of what I want, uh, that's another way of coming into our power and coming into our truth, right? Power is a combination of truth and love. It's a combination of speaking the truth, right? That if I I honor what I want, I am honoring something that's true for me. And then the love part is that uh, that absolute compassion and acceptance of what I want and of myself. So that was that's another piece that I wanted to talk about. And then I guess the other thing I want to say that sort of comes on from here is that another way um, to kind of honor your power is to practice really fully, fully having what you have right now. And that, I think that's where gratitude practices come from, is this the the idea of being grateful for what you have. But what I've found is that that's, again, can be distorted. I mean, a gratitude practice is a beautiful thing, but if it becomes sort of a rote, I should, I'm going to write five things every morning in my journal, it can become more of a mental exercise and more of a, I should do this. And it also can be, become a very subtle form of manipulation. Something else we're gonna to have to look out for this year with the lunar nodes and the eclipse eclipse axis and Aries and Libra. We're gonna to have to be watching for very, very subtle forms of manipulation. And where I was going with the gratitude practice is if you're doing a gratitude practice in order to have something or in order to have more, or as a defense against losing something, um, rather than a heartfelt, I am truly honoring what I have right now, then it becomes, it can, as I say, become a subtle form of manipulation. But gratitude in the sense of, I am sinking into and grounding into a sense of what I actually have without thinking about what I want or where I'm going or where I need to be. And and actually one of the things that you have is your desire, right? I desire, in my case, I desire a, a new place to live, a different place to live, a place with a yard and a little more space and light. So having that desire, but at the same time, honoring and fully having the place where I live right now, my little apartment, with all its um, comforts and discomforts, but fully owning that I'm here now and appreciating it for what it is, I can have both of those things at the same time, right? I can have the desire, but I can also have the gratitude for what I have now, but it takes really sinking into it. This isn't something I do a journal practice about. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, that sometimes becomes just a rote, oh, I'm supposed to write five things I'm grateful for this morning. And it becomes a task rather than um, a meditation and a prayer and a feeling into that honoring of it. So step two, well, this is step three, right? So in terms of practices we've talked about today, one is getting really in touch with your energetic frequency, sitting down in stillness and really having that felt but subtly felt sense of what and who I am and what do I feel like what does my particular frequency feel like and it may not be something you can describe but it's something you can sense at a subtle level so that's practice one practice two is really owning what you desire and letting it come from more of an internal place. It's not looking around at somebody else's shiny new car and saying, oh, I want one of those or at somebody else's big house and saying, I want that. It's more about coming in here and noticing what comes up from inside and what has such strength to it that it's almost like it says you have to pay attention to me. And and allowing yourself to want and actually expanding what you want. One of the ways you expand your world and expand who you are, if you're running a business, expanding your business. um, And not just for the sake of getting bigger, but for the sake of being truthful about how big you are. uh, One of the ways you do that is by allowing yourself to want. And that, and so honoring your sense of desire, honoring your sense of wanting, that's practice two. And then the third practice we've talked about is honoring what you have now. And I find this can be especially powerful if you're somebody like me with a lot of earth in your in your makeup. And money tends to be one of the things that you like to worry about. And I don't mean that you enjoy it. I mean, it just tends to be your habit. Uh Really, feeling into how much money you have right now and how much access um, that you have to financial resource, how much uh, how many of your bills are are paid, even if there are bills that aren't paid or there are bills that you're worried about paying in the future, if you can come back to right now and honor what is in your bank account. What is in your wallet, what is in your, you know, what is paid, what you have, all the material things around you that you've purchased with money. If you can come back for a few moments, even set a timer if it's that, uh, if that helps, so that over and over you can come back to what I have and honoring it and being grateful for it and appreciating what I have. That's a powerful practice to get us out of scarcity mode. And some of us are easily brought into that scarcity mode. Um, it's very easy for me to think about all the things I need or want or have to to pay for or, or bills I have to pay, and and start to worry about. Oh, I don't have that now. I don't know how I'm going to get it. You know, being self-employed, you don't necessarily know when and how your money's coming in. But when I come back to what I do have, and honoring the creative energy that I have to put something else out. And to ask people to offer and ask right offer here's something uh, that i've made and would you will will you buy it you know will you uh, join me or will you whatever all of that is part of what i have and again comes back to my power right that's my personal power um so So there's a lot more that I could talk about and I have talked about. And again, I, I went through in great detail about the astrology of 2024 and I'll we'll be talking about it. I will be talking about it. I'll have other guests on to be talking about the astrology of 2024 as we go through the year. It's just, if you want kind of a look ahead you can um, go check out the workshop that I did. And and just a note too, that. Um, if you're on my newsletter, you're about to get a sale notice and a coupon for 36% off of all of my recorded workshops. And that that sale will be running for a week or two. So it's not too late to sign up if you're curious and you're interested. Uh, and the, of course, the other way is to get a reading. You can get uh, an astrology reading with me. You can get an astrology reading with any other favorite astrologer. And uh, take a look at the year ahead and what it means for you. So, with the Pluto and Aquarius that we've been talking about, and this move from Capricorn to uh, Aquarius, if you know where Capricorn and Aquarius are in your chart, then you know where the themes will be changing for you in your life. And I, I want to do I do want to say one sort of cautionary note about looking at Pluto. Pluto in a sign and a house has more implications uh, collectively than individually, unless it's contacting a personal planet. If you have a birthday on January 20th, as several friends of mine do, or if you have a birthday um, in, in the The early, like if you're an early Aquarius baby or even a late Capricorn baby, you're feeling Pluto very personally. And in fact, if you're an early Scorpio birthday, so that would be around October 22nd to 25th, well, or even to the 30th, that kind of period of time. um, Or a, um, I'm sorry, I'm thinking, I'm trying to look at it in my head, look at the chart in my head. If you're a Leo, uh, an early Leo, so you were born like early, um, what would that have been? Like uh, July 20th, that kind of period. So that would be another um, time where this Pluto transit is very personally affecting you. And then of uh, an early Taurus baby. so that's like late April. You might be feeling this Pluto shift from Capricorn to Aquarius more dramatically on a personal level. And then, of course, if it's contacting any of your your personal planets, you would be feeling it. But I the reason I put this caution in there is that um, you can find astrologers and especially newer people to astrology. You can find people that think, oh, if if Pluto's in my t- going into my tenth house, then everything's gonna be disrupted in my career for the next 20 years. Probably not that personal. Unless you have planets connected to the 10th house in this example, Um, it can be disruptive, but it's more disruptive if it connects to something more personal in your chart. So don't panic um, based on, where aquarius and capricorn are in your chart unless you know that those are places that you have personal placements Um, okay so i think i'm going to wrap up hopefully this uh, was useful again it's a big year not that any particular year isn't big. We've, we've been coming through a string of really big years. We can always find dramatic astrology. We have eclipses every year. In the U.S., this is a big year for eclipses because on April 8th, we have the Great American Eclipse. I know I'll be talking about that more in the future. So this is not, um, even though you know I have a dramatic streak and it's always fun to talk about the drama of it, but this is, we are in a very interesting period of history which again i've talked about we're in this period of transition in history and and literally everything is changing our world view and you can see it right especially those of us that have been sort of fringy for a while anybody that uh, um, has contact with or believes in or uh, deals with aliens and ufos we're going to see more of that right um, people that are working at the level of energy, whether they're, you know, serious quantum physicists or those of us that are into energy healing modalities, uh, we're going to see more of that, and it's it's becoming more and more critical. And maybe what I guess what I'm saying is I think the mainstream is going to start catching up. We're seeing astrology get more popular. We're seeing energy medicine get more popular. Uh, we're seeing the the discussion and the the language around energy start to filter into the mainstream. But when that really starts to happen, when people really begin to see it, it's going to be quite shocking for a lot of people. Maybe not you listening to this podcast. Maybe for you, this is old news, this whole discussion of energy and the energy body and working with your energy and energy healing and energy clearing, maybe it's old news for you. But there are a lot of people that still, um, it will still be new to. And when it really breaks out, it's going to be um, life-changing and society-changing and world-changing. And that's what's happening with this Pluto into Aquarius. And I guess, you know, I keep saying the last thing I'll say, but one more thing I'll say is that we're going to have choices to make. And many of us, we all make those choices every day with how we live our lives. And it's all the things that I mentioned at the beginning when I talked about Aquarian themes. What's your relationship with technology? What, How will we use technology? Will we use it in service to and in cooperation with the natural world? Or will we use it to dominate and control? This is why it's so important for every one of us to really feel into how do I use my power? Do I know I'm powerful? Am I claiming that power? And then am I using it consciously in conversation rather than as a command? Okay, so now I really am wrapping up. Again, I will put uh, links in the show notes, uh, or you could just go directly to my website and, and just take a look and see what's there. If you're not on my newsletter list, you might want to get on it because I am sending out a discount today or tomorrow for every recorded workshop I've done. All the ones about this time and transition, all the ones on the individual planets, there's a couple of sort of beginner astrology kinds of things in there. And then there's also some more advanced astrology and karma, for instance. Everything's going on sale. If you're interested, check it out. And in any case, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. If you like it, if you like the podcast, please share it with your friends. And uh, feel free to send me comments. I read every single one. It's just me. So if you email me or get a hold of me through social media, uh, I will be the one answering you. And uh, I hope you have a lovely january happy, a belated, happy new moon and a belated happy New year and Pluto's shift into Aquarius is next Saturday, January 20th. That'd be another great time to make some intentions and set some intentions and think about being powerful and how you're going to do it consciously. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.